0: and welcome into to another edition of 30 rack of sports we got a pack show we're talking you know a little bit of baseball overview but of course as an ohio sports show we're breaking down the reds and the indians breaking down the rosters chances that they have you know to make it back to the playoffs this year what's changed what are your expectations you know who can really break out this year but guys before we get to our baseball preview we might as well start with our own starting lineup that we have here our opening day lineup if you will even Ooh. though this is what episode number 52 52? 53 52? 53 something around so here. uh to my right is uh, of course the opinions if he was on if he was on a major league roster he'd be the flame throwing nutcase reliever who has flaming takes but half of them end up in the cheap seats john rocker baby <laughs> john rocker it's john rocker or you know zach as we call him around here zach you look a little excited for opening day. You got you got uh, your tribe gear on. I
1: do, I do. Last uh,
0: probably last year, probably have to gear up
1: maybe for next year. But uh, yeah, excited for one last uh, one last year's baseball. So
0: one last ride with the tribe. One last, one last ride.
2: One last ride with the tribe. I do love that throwback. I that's, know, right? Mm. This is
1: a
0: that's very pina nice. Pina colada red. Nice. To my left is uh, the producer of the pod. Man's on the ones and twos. Kind of our utility member, a guy that can do it all: infield, Ooh. outfield, even pitch an inning. The Paul Janish of the pod, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's Josh. Josh, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm excited surprised. for a national holiday, really, in Cincinnati it with is, the opening
2: day. It is. It's so great, and I'm so excited that every, I mean, not everybody, but most people are going to, in some way, shape, or form, be able to enjoy a opening day for the first time in two years, a long two years, man. A it feels long, great. Yeah, long feels two great. Years.
0: And then, of course, myself, the talent, the big-headed superstar who can do it all, and we'll let you know. But maybe on something, and uh, you know, some of his teammates. Are you going to call yourself Barry fans. Bonds, the A-Rod of the uh, podcast?
1: Oh. <laughs> Even worse, like Barry. That was <laughs> My name's
0: Greg. I was about to call myself the Mike Trout, but I thought you guys might not. Oh, appreciate no, that no. too much. So, uh, I was going to say the MVP of the pod, but you know. Oh, First off, of course, as we mentioned, opening day is here, almost. Thursday starts the season with the Tribe heading to Detroit and the Reds hosting St. Louis. Uh, For the Tribe, they have Shane Bieber named Cleveland starter, while Luis Castillo gets the call for Cincinnati. Um, In the NBA, a little bit of round ball. The trade deadline came and went with a whimper for the Cavs. Only really making one move, sending Javale McGee to Denver for Isaiah Hartenstein and two second-round picks. They were unable to unload Andre Drummond, buying out the center shortly after the deadline. Uh, of course, as usual, the NFL continues to make headlines year-round. This time, adding a 17th game to the schedule. 2021 schedule has both Ohio teams hosting NFC West opponents. Uh, with the Cardinals heading to Cleveland and the 49ers visiting the Bengals. And finally, as the college basketball offseason starts for the Ohio teams, since they're all out of the tournament, there's still plenty of news. Most notably, an investigation into Cincinnati basketball after seven players entered the transfer portal and some unnamed allegations came to light. Something we'll be sure to discuss as these things kind of work their ways out, guys. And those are your OH headlines. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? For our beer of the week, we have a kind of a baseball-themed beer. We have uh, Taft's Walk-Off Wheat Ale, which is a, Josh, as you mentioned, I guess a new beer by Taft's. They'll be tapping this? one of the first kegs, what, opening day, down at uh, one of Taft's locations, the Ale House?
2: Yes, down at the Ale House. Well, there's more going on to it, Greg. There's more than this. At Washington Park down and over the Rhine in Cincinnati, they're having like a little opening weekend thing all weekend long, and they'll be up at the Washington Park porch doing, and I've been there before where they've done similar events. Will they have some uh,
1: beer trailers there love Washington park love that area yeah
2: oh it's such a great area and this is a really good beer I am normally not much of a wheat ale guy but this is really easy drinking not perfect for watching a game guys
0: yeah I was gonna say it's a little bit lighter than what I would think out of most wheat beers mm-hmm. it doesn't quite have that full wheat taste but it's very yeah. drinkable compared it's... to a lot of the wheats and I think it's as you mentioned it's very it's one of those if I had to pick a beer to go you know drink out
1: yeah, it's good. Uh, I guess I'm, it's good. I just, I don't know. If I'm thinking like a baseball beer, I'm thinking summer, I'm thinking something with some citrus or something. Yeah, that's and the one thing that I think is missing. Yeah, but I mean, no, it's good. And, you know, if you like wheat ales. Uh, I yeah, can't it's just ever a very away.
2: straight wheat ale. It yeah, is, I will say yeah, out, it'd be yeah. nice if it had like a little pop of something. But mm-hmm. I also missed this little note, guys. I oh. Oh. would like a, to extend, much like the guy on the can, I would like to raise my glass and wish Taft's are you brewing company? Yeah, Brewing yeah, Taft's brewing, brewing company. <laughs> <laughs> a brewery or winery. Is that
0: well, they, wine? have a, they have a brew yeah, Oh, I know, but that's what, the, that's what the facility is called.
2: But happy sixth to Taft's. Uh, I did not realize that this was also a brew to celebrate their sixth birthday this week. So that's also oh, going on for Taft's. Yeah. Taft was the first brewery we ever reviewed on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, they've brewed an excellent. Uh, beer here they've also got that nelly's line that has the key lime and then Mm -hmm. they've also got that lemon frost that one is
1: i'm a big gavel banger guy it's fantastic
2: very good the gavel banger that 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 i I tried
0: this weekend was the. that's uh, what we reviewed yeah was the gavel banger (laughs) the berry vibes yeah that's a good one Mm -hmm. so a lot of good beers a lot of different beers if you like you know, we mentioned we wanted kind of more of the fruit flavor. They've got a lot of fruit Oh, they do, beers. they do. But so. if
2: you just want, you know, your classic straight It's good. Weed ale. Not, it's, not, not this is enough. exactly what that is. So I'm well done to Tafts.
0: Yeah, thanks Tafts, for the, the basebally beer for opening day that's coming up here in just a little bit. Quick sips. For our first quick sip, do a little Who you got talking pennant winners in the al and the nl with baseball coming up we're getting our odds have our odds from mgm for who we have for the pennants guys we'll start in the nl uh the favorites in the nl um no real surprise here the reigning world series champions the los angeles dodgers at plus 180 uh number two the Very reloaded Padres, plus 500. Braves, plus 550, along with the Mets. Uh, Cardinals, plus 1,200. And then you go down a little bit at plus 2,000 is the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Josh, looking around here, who are you thinking?
2: You know, it's different this year because I think you have such a unique competitive matchup that you haven't gotten, especially in the NL West, for years now. And the fact that you have six series between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres with basically a given there in the postseason. I like the Padres. I think they're the better value pick at plus 500. It's not the chalk that you're looking for. I don't like the value with the Dodgers. I mean, everyone likes the Dodgers, but they added Trevor Bauer to a staff that is prone to uh, postseason choking. They got over that. They got over that last year, but you're gonna have to face a team that you've already faced six times, six oh, in six series over the course of the regular season. I like the Padres.
0: Zach, what about you?
1: I'm right on board with Josh assuming that the Dodgers on the way to a series with the Rockies crashes into one of the mountains and the plane explodes. You don't like the fathers? <clears throat> the reloaded. The reloaded I, I, dads? I just the Dodgers it's, it's, that roster is stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. You know, the fact that they were even flirting with adding Francisco Lindor was just like, the, why even play this season? Um, look, I'm all for the pods. I would love it. I uh, like Fernando Tatis. Always been a big Machado guy. There's no depth there, though. One or two injuries and they're sunk. And I still question. Here's the thing about Tatis. Back up a minute here. The guy hasn't even played a full year in the big leagues yet. Let's just... Yep, yep. I'm not saying he's not going to still be a superstar. I'm just saying sophomore slump, bump in the road. But that Dodgers roster is just stupid. Yeah, I mean, that's a I good mean, point. and I'm not a big Trevor Bauer guy,
2: but... That's a great point about Tatis, though, especially as we talk, talk about the Dodgers, who at one time were all about Yasiel Puig. Right. And now... I mean, look where
1: he's at. I mean, and like I said, I'm what not... <throat> He's, Ryan, not, he's out, he's out yeah, right now. The Cuban Winter League, I mean, the but. Indians could have used him. But, uh, again, I mean, they added Bauer. I think last year was a shot, you know, 60 games. No shit. I think he's going to be more back. They're going to pay $40 million a year for a guy who's going to give you four ERA. But it's still with Walker Buehler, that rotation – yeah, they, yeah, they have so many. They have guys sitting on the I'm not bench dis- who would start anywhere else. Right. Like I I'm not just, disagreeing
2: with you. I mean, yeah, I was mine was more value, and I think they can. But I don't disagree with you, Greg. I mean,
0: value with the second best ads. Let's go. Let's go with some value picks. If we're gonna go value picks, we're gonna go value picks. You look. I wasn't going. I don't. I'm not a gambling man. I was just looking at who do I expect. So you look down and you you kind of look at these people in these. You know, middling areas. Are You're going to pick the Cubs. Dish. Oh, I was going to pick the Cubs, oh, but I, that would be too chopped. I was trying to give him the fist bump on here
2: because I thought he was going with the. No. With the
0: Reds? With the Padres. No. no. Oh. <laughs> but the pick that I'm taking, I, was I know he wouldn't Rodgers, do that, <laughs> was a team, you get into the playoffs, anything can happen, you have very strong pitching. Guys that can hit the ball to the ballpark. Go on the some guys with some World Series experience. I mean, I like the Braves. I'm not... Plus no. 1,800, the Nationals. You're going to the... Na- ah, I just
1: don't think the roster's got enough.
0: I mean, I like Soto. Scherzer, I like it, but they're... Scherzer, Strasburg, adding Leicester to that yeah, rotation. I need to see more
1: from Strasburg still. He's, uh... That's not a bad... Word. No, it's not a terrible pick if you're going and bad. What, a 12... Long shot, long yeah, shot. What, okay. at, at 1,200, you said? I- they're plus eighteen hundred. Plus eighteen hundred Fine. That's okay, if I'm gonna go gambling, sorry, I was just trying to get out in front yeah, of this. Well, but I don't think there's any chance the Dodgers don't win the NL. No, I'm
0: saying eighty five percent chance the Dodgers don't. But if you have to take don't someone, win or eighty five percent chance that they win. They're only fifteen percent that someone else makes it in. And if you're gonna go someone else long shot, like the Mets are still, you know. Like I never together. take a new, never take the New York. I, ahead. I originally
2: had them as my pick for this, and then I was like, "This is stupid." And new York. I don't York. think
0: the Braves don't I have just, enough pitching, and then I yeah. don't really trust any of the the NL Central teams. There are too many holes all all the way around. So the, why not? the Nationals. If I had to take one sure you're not wrong there actually that's not a bad pick because the no. braves i al- almost picked
2: because they were just one game away from knocking off the dodgers last year but they didn't add en- they didn't do much to add
1: to their i'm gonna be pitching. an asshole here so if i'm going best value pick out of the NL, i'm going to old yachty's team my favorite nl player st louis cardinals all right the class in. of the nl central right, we're well, done the here, we're, done here. Listen, we're gonna wrap it up
0: into the american league uh, the favorites are the, the cleveland indians at plus 220 uh, got the uh south siders chicago white Sox at plus 400 uh, the twinkies at plus 800 the astros and the jays at plus a thousand and then down at plus 1800 zach we have your cleveland indians so we'll start with you here yeah, as as the buddies. as the al correspondent
1: uh you know, value but I, hmm, I thought that's a little high on the White Sox. That was going to be it. I didn't know what the odds were. Uh, hmm. Uh, you know, the AL is just so wide open. <clears throat> the Yankees are not a good buy there. I I would pick the Yankees, no. but like there's so many things with that rotation that you know, can, can just, just go, go wrong. Yeah. yeah that and that's too high of odds. Um, for me personally, uh, you know, I. I like the Twins. Yeah, I, I was shocked the White Sox were actually in front of the Twins. I like the Twins. I like that roster. Now, granted, it's Minnesota, and hey. how many they've never gotten out of the ALDS since uh, Kirby Puckett, but this might be the year. I like you know Rocco Baldelli's doing there. Um, I like the roster making. This is new for the White Sox. This is new territory.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't really
1: <clears throat>
2: allow me to argue against everything he just said, please.
0: Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh no, so,
2: all right, all right. so Minnesota has been stuck in in this curse of not being able to make it past that first weekend, and I'm familiar with what that is like. And I don't see that ending. I mean it, it's longer dis- than a weekend. And I disagree with you that Chicago is new to this. They they had a taste of it last year. Now they've added uh swervy uh swervy Tony at, at manager and Tony. La Russa, I know. I mean, you're talking good,
1: about. I don't you're think he'll like make that. it through the yeah, season. Yeah, not that. Yeah, I was, and that whole
2: that's that. He's gonna have a that, heart
1: attack, or he's gonna that,
2: that whole managerial, managerial is a, yeah. escapade is can a whole. You think he can talk to young people? He's like ninety. It's a whole other thing, but that infield rakes. I have the same concern with this pick as you guys mentioned with the Padres is that there is a lack of depth, and you've already seen. You know, some guys have. Carried this day-to-day thing through most of spring training.
1: But, I mean, Abreu, I said I was going to pick the White Sox, but they that those odds were better than I thought. And I like the Twins better at those odds. Right, yeah, fair. Is not a gambling taking, thing? What are we doing here? But
2: I'm taking the second best odds in each the NL and the i I'm going with the White Sox, Greg. You're
1: going with the White Sox? So, really? And see, I don't, I don't even really like... Okay, whatever. I, I like the Twins pitching stuff. I think pitching wins in the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't like the White Sox pitching stuff. So that, I don't think like they got room to improve there.
0: That's exactly where I'm looking. I, yeah. I, I'm looking at the the two teams at, at you know ten to one. Mm. My heart says the Blue Jays because I I love the hitters. I, I like love, the Jays. They're I fun. love Laddie Jr. Unfortunately, my mind says the Astros. They have some good pitching. Uh, I was
1: gonna think about going but, the Astros, but.
0: I, just, like, I don't want them to win, but I just feel like they're a team that just sneaks their way in, you know. oh yeah, they, they have Altuve. No, they do. I know they, they, they just, lost they Springer, just... but they have a lot of good pieces. They got off last year, and everybody forgot, yeah, I was and gonna they're not going to have the hard
1: sneaks, time anymore. They got off.
2: Sneaks, off steals, whatever. you. Yeah, I mean, don't forget
1: about the Rays, though, either.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Rays, I mean, the yeah. The Rays worry me just without, you know, without now right
1: the rays I mean, are last one,
0: of, was just one of those guys that either could be the best pitcher in the league or could be you know. exactly and
2: that's why i think there's teams like the Ray dark horse picks that are your you know mm-hmm. 10 to 20 odd to one odds like the rays or like the mariners who might have some the better mariners better, are better like odds because
1: they, they could yeah. last or first you don't because know.
2: there's team those are teams that Worked in yeah. condensed seasons like last year, but trying a guy like Blake Snell trying right. to get that to go and work for a whole season.
1: All I'm gonna uh, say is the NL boring. Besides that, Dodgers, Southern California will be hot, it'll yeah, be heating yeah. up, but otherwise, outside of that, the AL's the fun one. I you can look at any one of these teams, and I yeah. don't think any of them win the World Series. But yeah. but I mean it's just so wide open.
0: Yeah, the, the AL, I mean, if you look, maybe Red Sox, maybe, but all the way up, you know, from the Angels, it's like Angels, some questions. And yeah. and some, you know, there are questions all They're the way They're never
1: going to make the playoffs but, with fucking Mike Trout. That's, that's a tragedy. And I and
2: the Yankees even, like, I just don't see that. Does that pitching staff ever <sighs> stay healthy? Ever? Well,
1: they've added Corey Kluber, who is... The Indians... I love Corey Kluber. love Corey Kluber. The Indians ruined Corey Kluber. Ask the Texas Rangers. They rode his ass... To the World Series, homeboy could barely throw. That's why they lost Game 7, besides the bullshit rain delay. Ed, I mean, had a couple more good years. They, they rode his ass. His arm's gone. But You got Severino, who will get hurt again.
0: But guys, whether it's the Yankees, it's the White Sox, it's the Astros, the Blue Jays, in the World Series, you can get our 30-rack World Series pick, on our social media a uh, video only segment on our social media at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram getting
2: exclusive you gotta follow us digitally on the social media to get this one folks so uh, get on there at 30 Rack of Sports Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and find us on Anchor where you can get it all anchor.fm backslash 30 Rack of Sports
0: we got a new segment for one of our quick sips, we're going fact or fiction. Ripped right off of ESPN, by the way. I you. mean,
1: uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody
0: does this segment. They ripped I it. Know. They ripped it off of us. Okay. Even though this is our <laughs> first time doing here, it yeah. decades. Pioneers. If you're not familiar with the segment, uh, I have a handful of statements, and I will get our esteemed panel, uh, Zach with his Indians gear, and Josh with his Reds gear. Whether or not. These statements are fact or fiction. Guys, we'll start off talking a little Cy Young, of course. Uh, Both the Reds and the Indians had the Cy Young winners last year in each respective league. Fact or fiction, Ohio will have another Cy Young winner this year. Fact. Fact. Shane Bieber, back-to-back, baby. Shane Bieber going back-to-back, of course. Trevor Bauer has moved on to uh, SoCal. Josh, what about you? You think another Indians pitcher gets it done? You think maybe Castillo, yeah, maybe Jeff Castillo. Hoffman comes out of the woodwork? <laughs> Jeff, I don't
2: know. Jeff Hoffman coming out of the woodwork? Uh, no, I'm saying fiction. Saying fiction. Probably stays in SoCal
0: to be honest. Oof. Um. Who? Wait, no, 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 no. Who?
2: No, go ahead. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no, no. Keep
0: going. Okay. Oh, you're saying Bauer back to back? Maybe.
2: Oh, good
1: God. He I hates Bauer. Ba- so. I can pull up his baseball reference stats, but whatever. And you'll find 2020 Cy Young winner. Yeah, and you'll find before that, basically, besides half a season in Cleveland where he had a two ERA, and went to the All Star game, literally four plus ERAs since 2017. Anyway, go on, Greg.
0: Uh, I'm going to go fiction, and it's not because I don't think Shane Bieber can have an outstanding year. I just think kind of the issue that you get sometimes is when you win a Cy Young, the expectations are so high for your next season that even if you fall off a little bit and someone's kind of comparable, they might give them the nod over you. So I think there are definitely, you know, some pitchers around that can unseat Bieber, but I still think you'll have another Zach great classic, year. then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, g- give me Savali. Actually, I don't know. Oof, no. um, <laughs> and then, I don't know. Castillo, I haven't seen him put a full, full year together. Um, maybe give me Jeff Hoffman, as I mentioned. Jeff Hoffman. Uh, number two. Both Ohio teams... The Reds and the Indians were in the playoffs last year with the expanded playoffs. They are shrinking it back to the old form of playoffs, Uh, the three division winners, and then the game that everybody loves, the one-game wildcard playoff. Guys, neither Ohio team will return to the playoffs this year. Fact or fiction? Zach, we'll start with you this time. Fact! Yeah, no way. Both these
1: teams are third-place teams. Fiction.
2: Fiction. Fiction. I, I would agree that both these teams uh could very likely be third place teams, but in the AL Central, uh that's actually a competitive division in the top three. And in the NL Central, who, who knows? It could be it could be a crapshoot in the NL Central this year. So the Reds could mm-hmm. the I Reds mean, could get in there like with eighty five games. I mean, that's you know eighty five wins.
0: Eighty five wins, yeah. that. The games that matter. I mean, I disagree. I trust Cincinnati. Can I can I ask you? So the Reds were comfortably in the playoffs last year, right? Or did they just sneak no, in? Squeaked as one? in, yeah. Okay, and so then they must have gotten a lot better this year. Not signed like Sean Doolittle as their best you can't, know, acquisition. Can't do
2: any worse. But I mean, the red the rest of the division got like dramatically worse.
1: So did the now Cardinals on, not sign Nolan Arenado? Did you not just spend the whole entire pre show <laughs> shit talking him? <laughs>
0: That's not true. Don't listen to it. It wasn't recorded. Uh, so, I think the Indians are going to just struggle just because of, as we mentioned, there are a lot of competitive teams in that late. Well, there are three competitive teams. I was going to say, there's that, not a lot. There are three. Well, three's a lot. Oh, yeah. A there's lot two a teams who are
1: just tanking, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and the Reds, I think, is kind of a crapshoot. I think they could finish anywhere from second to fourth. So, who really knows there? Um Fingers crossed in that fourth place finish. Yeah, right. I was going to say, get, help that <laughs> draft pick. So I'm going to say fact that neither team's represented, but I would honestly put the Indians over the Reds to get in just because of the pitching and Jeff Hoffman. Uh, so uh, Vegas has the win totals for both the Reds and the Indians. Both very close, but ha- gives the Reds a slight edge. They have the Reds at... Easier league, easier division. 82.5 wins. Uh, the tribe at eighty-one and a half wins. So the statement is the Reds will finish with a better record than the tribe. Fact or fiction. Josh, I'd love to hear your reaction first. Uh fact. Literally just I mean,
2: going off of what you just said, I mean, they're gonna be in an easier division. The Indians are gonna have to face excuse me, the um the twins and the White Sox a bunch, and yes, they're gonna get easy wins off. The Royals and the Lowly Tigers,
1: those poor people. But, <laughs> but yeah, I you mean, mean the Miguel Cabrera milestone show. That's r- all that right. Is. But like, <laughs> well,
2: like what we talked about earlier for division, three competitive teams is really competitive teams mm-hmm. is a lot. Um, but for the NL Central, you kind of have more like four mid competitive, three mid competitive teams, one maybe, and one. Not so much. Right. Who's your
0: one maybe competitive team? I'd love to hear that. Oh, uh, the Brewers. Okay. Yeah. Easy there. We were Deasy about there. to... We were. I was about oh, that. Oh, oh, the out. Cubs. No, the Cubs. Settle down there, guy. I was gonna. Have you seen Jack Peterson so far? That's not.
2: But no, I, I I think I think not by much, but I do think the Reds fact finish with a better record. Zach,
0: what about you?
1: Uh
0: Submit. Do it.
1: No, I'm not gonna submit. <laughs> I'm gonna go fiction. I think. Uh... Like I said, I think they're both third place teams. I just think the Indians have enough pitching uh and then a couple little streakiness of uh Fran Mill and uh, Jose have shown that just those two can carry their offense and put up a bunch of runs. I, I think the Indians win like 86 games. Uh yeah. I think the uh, Reds I don't know, man. I don't like this team at all. I think they're going to I I Thank God the Pirates are in the NL Central. Is all I'm gonna say for the Reds. I don't know. I don't like that I don't team know. at he all. He sounds
2: like every every person you talk to about the Reds. Oh, I hate the Reds. They're horrible. <laughs>
0: <but> <laughs> I don't know. When you set, record, when I got some shitty stuff to say about the Indians roster, but I don't know. Um, man, I've gone back and forth on this because I was thinking about the Reds' early schedule and they do have a West Coast swing, but they also play. They have the- two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. That's. that's so shitty. I'm gonna say. Actually, it's not. I'm that gonna early say in the year, fiction, and I'm gonna say the Indians. The Reds have a very tough early season schedule, which could put them on a little bit of a downturn. Late in the season, if they're out of it, I'm interested to see if they get some young guys up to try to get some work. I mean, both right. of them, if they're not playoff teams, but I just think a tough beginning of the season, tough end of the season. I, you, like you said, I expect them both to be third place teams. I don't think it's going to be much of a difference. I think it'll. You could honestly go into the last series and say maybe someone gets hot and someone sweeps someone gets swept and and that's the difference there. like like vegas even said vegas has one game between the two which is really just a pitcher having a bad day
2: yeah i mean i really like you said i think it's a series difference
0: oh yeah
2: yeah
1: Uh, i think that series difference is gonna come uh here soon
0: It is time for the Big Chug. Big Chug, we're previewing the baseball season in the state of Ohio, going through uh, some of the changes to both these teams, getting you prepped for the whole season. Uh, We're starting in Northeast Ohio with the Indians. Uh, A lot of changes this year, Zach. Uh, Biggest differences for the team this year. I mean, it obviously starts with the Lindor trade, but a couple other small differences too.
1: Damn i had a joke on that never mind thought you were gonna ask me what's the biggest difference and i was gonna say tyler naquin but <laughs> oh. <laughs> never mind never mind yeah the cat's out of the bag the elephant in the room uh yeah uh yeah i mean lindor's gone carrasco has gone domingo santana's gone sandy leone's gone uh don't you dare new look new look <laughs> don't you <laughs> a real new look tyler you, freeman's gone don't you dare come over two of those guys along with naquin are in uh or we're in cincinnati i don't know Na- naquin, naquin, naquin
0: made it. it yeah yeah slam um, tana's gone i mean slam tana, slam tana yeah, yeah that's a big one gone i mean
1: he wasn't much slam last year but yeah he was walk tana last year <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's a new look i don't think they're taking advantage of this retool they want to call. They want to call it a retool,
0: not a rebuild, not no, a rebuild. Nobody a retool. Nobody, hey, nobody. And they're doing not everything
1: they can they're not, not to retool. Basically, uh, yeah, it's a whole new, whole new outfield for the most part, and uh, new first baseman, pitching staff getting younger, again. pitching staffs getting. You know, I love McKenzie cookie. and whatnot. I love Cookie, but uh, I don't know. Indians fans way over blue. That I mean, he could he, he could barely get through five innings last year. I mean, I you know. He's, he's well over 30. Uh, not a big loss. Great guy. Great guy. Good lot for the community. But, uh, no, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like any Cleveland team. I, I don't know. There's a a lot, I'm very disappointed yeah. in the retool, what they're coming out of camp with.
0: Let's put well, it that way. There's a lot of unknown, I think, is is the best way to put it. So, uh, you know, as far as kind of the hot and the cold What's your biggest fear or or biggest excitement going into this game? Maybe both. Maybe both going into the season. Uh, honestly, yeah.
1: Look, I I don't know why Jake Bowers is on this roster. That's my biggest like. What the hell? That's my biggest fear. Uh, they had an opportunity here, and that's what I was excited about. And you know, I wrote about a little bit on my blog about why Indians fans should be a little bit excited about this.
2: Cleveland
1: dot com. You know, I wrote about the, um, the opportunity here to see guys like Bobby Bradley, uh, you know, Bradley Zimmer tried to come back, uh, Daniel Johnson get an opportunity. And instead, uh, in the most Terry Francona Indians way, they decided, you know, upside's nice and all. But let's go with like what we know. So we're gonna we're gonna bring Jake Bowers to play first base, even though he he, was, he, he can't hit uh, Ben Gamble. who's yeah right. I know I don't know I didn't know who Ben Gamble was he either. Was the, uh, he was on the Mariners and the Brewers, but I mean a career like two fifty hitter. But they're like we like his consistency, aka they have a pulse and they show up to work every day. You know I you know Daniel Johnson. Low low floor but high ceiling guy. Bradley Zimmer. He was a gold glover before the injuries. Uh, Bobby Bradley, potential 40 home run guy. I, yeah, I, a guy that led the home run or led the uh, like... Five years, leagues. Yeah, No one's hit more home runs than the minors. I,
2: yeah, it, so here's my question for you on this. It seems like they went with all these guys that like have, you know, a couple years of major league experience. A guy like Bowers. But Bowers hit... Barely cracked 200 this spring, while Bradley hit 300 this spring.
1: Right, and I'm always I don't, wondering, I don't
2: understand if you're retooling. It seemed like the guys, the younger guys in spring, that had a good spring, they didn't
1: go with. Exactly, it's and so weird. I, I, I don't know, and I, I I dug through every like you're going Terry Pluto Indians fans know who he is, long time Cleveland Indians, and yep. dug way deep down trying to find anybody who could rationalize these decisions. And everybody insiders. People looking on the outside are just like, Jake Bowers is out of options. I I that's it. And I I don't know. They love Jake Bowers, who, you know, like Josh pointed out, hit 214. Once again, everything I the few games I saw in spring training of his at bats, um, what everybody who was there every day said, his swing is still slow. He's not gonna hit his weight, much less like a third grader's weight. Um yeah, I, I agree. Just, I don't. I don't know. And even in, and even in the two seasons he's had, he's two fourteen
2: yeah. batting average. Yeah, right,
0: like right now, I baseball reference has a projection for him, and it might might be a nice projection in about two hundred and fifty at bats so he's going to hit two twenty four, hit seven <laughs> home runs, retooled he, he baby.
1: <laughs> it's just like they went with the 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 what's the most safe thing we can do? And I thought tell your friend Kona's like I don't know if they don't. Like Bobby Bradley? I don't know if he, you know, I don't know what he did. If he offended somebody. I, I, he, they're like, well, J, you know, Jake Bowers on top of the options thing. He did everything we asked him to do. And my whole thing was like. Yeah, I can do yeah, that. Yeah, He showed up every day. I don't know. And I'm not trying to hate Jake Bowers. I don't know. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm not trying to knock on him. But, I mean, in these kind of situations, you have these guys who have been sitting. Bobby Bradley Bradley's been blocked. Most teams would have brought him up already. He's yeah, been waiting. Yeah. He's been waiting. Now the big knock on him is he strikes out a lot. We're in an analytics world now. Baseball yeah. is three literally true a three. Tr- thank you, a three true outcome game. I'll take forty home runs and one hundred eighty fucking strikeouts. I mean, we have no other power hitter. I mean, you know, Ramirez can hit obviously some power, and then Fran Mill. and That's it. I don't know. I. I'm honestly upset. I was very excited when I thought some of these guys were going to get opportunities and they were going to have some bumps in the road, but there was some high ceiling potential. No, you just got a bunch of cast-offs from other teams. I mean, Tampa Bay gave him away for nothing. Jake Bowers, he was a first-round pick, but they obviously saw something they didn't like, and they were like, peace.
0: Yeah, so taking a look, I, I guess, at the schedule, which is kind of a, a nice place to look at now, kind of an easy start to the schedule, but is, is there kind of a place where maybe you're most intrigued with, with the schedule where you think things can kind of go up and down. I know taking just at first glance, taking a look at the schedule. I think one of the big points for them early in the season is they start off soft, you know, Detroit, Kansas city, Detroit, but kind of late April into early May, they have a big homestand where it's the white Sox, the Yankees, the twins, and then, uh, another three games with the White Sox, that one on the road. Right. That's a huge two weeks to figure out kind of where they stack up with the big boys. Because at that point, they could maybe have a decent record that might be some fool's gold. But after that, you really kind of know where you're at compared to you know the teams that you're really working with in the AL Central, as well as, uh, you know, a World Series contender in the and Yankees. And what's
2: that? That's mid-May, you said? No,
0: that's uh, late April. So late April, April, wow. April, early okay. May Yeah, early May. April 20th through about May 2nd or so. Yeah. It's, okay. it's uh, what, a nine-game homestand and then three more games uh, on the south side of Chicago.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I, that's right there. Yeah, um, exactly, Greg. You hit the point, because the rest of the schedule is, you know, you got some twins and, you know, potentially a tough Blue Jays team, you know. Some tough uh, series sprinkled in amongst, you know, and they got like Baltimore uh, and Pittsburgh for like seven games in a row, Chicago, no offense, another two games. Right? So, yeah, that, that's the, um, yeah, that's the point in the season where things could go south real quick, where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you're six, seven games out. Yeah, and I don't think you have the firepower to really yeah, you get either, back into it.
2: You either keep pace or you get yeah, into a hole.
1: They're thing. they're in trouble. There. The only
0: other one that I would say is, is kind of an interesting look is you know we'll get to the Reds and kind of having a West Coast swing early. Well, uh, right after the All Star break, so mid July, they have an interesting. They go on a West Coast swing right after the All Star break. So they go to Oakland and then to Houston, to de- you know pretty decent teams in the A O West, and that could be one of those things where. You know, if you get off to a good start right on the backside of the all star break, maybe it helps you on the way out. But when you slip, it could kind of compound. You know, you got Tampa Bay, then you got Tampa, St. Louis, Chicago,
1: Toronto. That's uh yeah, that's right to start out. So yeah, you're right. Even if they they got yeah, they got those tough stretches there where it could easily the rest of the season they could play great, but then those two tough stretches, they could easily find themselves nine, ten games and, out. And, and the
0: issue is, you know, you look right after some of those. You have, you know, some Detroits and whatnot. If you're on kind of a downswing after some of those, you know, rough patches, you drop a couple games out of those, then it's like Oh yeah, Well, now like, you're now you're done. Yeah, you're bound to
2: well, so on the flip side, though, say that end of April skid that you have with uh, facing the Twins, excuse me, in Chicago twice, say you do come out at the very minimum keeping pace there. Right. Is the AL Central for, for the taking?
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of where are your thoughts with the If those two things, if they come out 500, let's say, or something, maybe even a little bit, they they steal a couple? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, think about... That's the thing with the AL. The AL is such a there's not really a dominant team, and I, I don't think it's out of the possibility. You know, but the Yankees series is mixed in right there. I don't know. Outside of Garrett Cole, I mean, I think their pitching staff's pretty fair game. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams with a lot of holes. Yeah, I mean, because they have stretches here. Where you got like the Angels and the Rangers and the Red Sox all in or in Kansas City. Then back to the Red Sox. So, I mean, there's where you could probably win. 10 or 14 games or something like that realistically. So, um, yeah, I mean, the schedule's kind of weird, honestly, looking at it, you know, how it's set up for them. They got those two tough stretches, but otherwise, mixing in a little Twins White Sox here and there, it's, uh, they play a lot
0: of uh, up and down teams. Up and down, probably teams worse than them, you know? Yeah, so, well, I guess where are you looking Plano at? Nano
1: Central helps. we got the Pirates on there, and uh, that's always nice. And, you know,
0: your cubbies, Greg. Good luck. <laughs> but uh, I guess at, at the end of the year, where are you looking at? I know you said probably a third-place team. Are you looking maybe about 500 third-place? I, like
1: I said, like 80, I think 84 to 86 ones. Okay, so just I, above 500. I would 500. be like, Okay. That went about where I thought it was
0: maybe going. just out of a playoff spot.
1: Uh a few games. I don't know. I don't think in September they're playing meaningful games. Okay. I think the I think certain teams are gonna run away with it.
0: Yeah. Maybe there's a chance where at the beginning of September they're, they're like, hey, spoilers. if we
1: win fourteen of sixteen. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, look like at the end of the year, they got the White Sox there, late September, the Yankees, kind of September Minnesota. I like I'm playing trying to play spoilers. Yeah, at maybe that point.
0: maybe kick either the White Sox or the Twins from the top of the division into yep. a wild card game. Yeah, I mean, mean, the Indians are
2: plus 650 for – I know we were talking about the pennant races earlier, and I didn't see a whole lot of value in them. Before the Central, they're plus 650, and that's pretty good value. Yeah, I mean,
1: mean, again, the Twins and White Sox I don't think are deep. Yeah. So, I mean, a few injury bugs hit them. The Indians stay healthy. Maybe some guys come around. The White Sox
0: are young, so like a couple slumps there. Obviously the twins have have shown some guys that have some slumps. They, they oh, yeah. you know they did lose Brazaria who is one of their more consistent guys. Yeah. So will be interesting. Going from Northeast Ohio, Josh, to uh your red legs in southwest Ohio, starting off as we did with the Indians, kind of some some big differences. Of course, the big one, you know, Trevor Bauer leaving, also uh a trade that we just talked about in our break, the Ricelli Glacius trade. But what what are kind of the big differences that you see? for this Reds team going into their their 2021 season cuz there are some interesting pieces coming up too.
2: Yeah, there's interesting pieces coming up and I think, you know, with the lack of a real shortstop signing, you know, you had to move some things around. So the biggest difference is going to be in the infield. You're going to see a lot of all players over the place. all yeah, for full on, yeah. Uh other than Votto at first base who won't be there at first. Um, you know, you're going to you're going to have a lot of differences there. You've got Mustakis at third base, Suarez at shortstop now, and then you'll have the newcomer Jonathan India at second base, and then eventually Vado at first base. Now you've got Alex Blandino Alex Blandino, Kyle Farmer, and Freeman out there to and I think you said Freeman's got the nod for opening day to back up for Vado. Um, just released Holder or just had Holder picked in the uh, Rule Five draft, so he's gone now as a backup there. But it's a different looking. It's the same guys almost with the addition of India, but a different look for the infield and how that pans out or not. You know, you're really looking at the success of the middle of that infield there. I like I like third base better for Mustakas personally. Well, that's his natural. Position. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, he yeah, uh, and Suarez. I think he can handle it. Jonathan India's been very impressive in uh, in the spring. So, But I think you're placing a lot of you know, your success on whether the middle of the infield works out with Suarez
0: in India. So then kind of looking, as you mentioned, there are a lot of moving pieces from the previous year, you know, especially in the infield. What would be your biggest fear or, or biggest excitement? I would say, you know, just off the top. One of the fears is you had a couple guys that had some down seasons last year. You know, obviously the pitching had to pick some things up. Will some of those guys bounce back? You know, Suarez had a, a horrendous start to last year, but two years ago he was, you know, one of the better hitters in the national league.
2: Yeah, and and
0: folks need to understand
2: this. The Reds last year set records for their bad pip. Like the worst baseball has ever seen you know you just
1: the worst in the history of numbers <laughs> yeah
2: i mean you it's just that was bad so it's not like they didn't you know they weren't making solid contact with the ball they just were hit ground hitting it right two guys basically right and i think to repeat that and do just I, i've said it a lot and i feel like a broken record but to do that bad again i feel like would be hard and that's not even my biggest fear I'm not even worried about that. My biggest fear to go back to the middle in the infield is that we ruin Jonathan India. He's a 2018 SEC Player of the Year, and he has looked fantastic
0: in Number the spring. Number five overall pick.
2: Number five overall pick. He hit 313, 441, 604 this spring training and 48 at bats. That's a 1.045 OPS. Looked great. Looked great in the field as well. However, he's only played 34 games above single A ball. So, you know that's skipping the double A and triple A, but that's also coming out of college. Yeah, it's been Mm -hmm. done before and had a great college career. It's just sometimes when you jump the gun on that, and and you're not just jumping. It's also a weird
0: year, you know, last year because I think he was in the he was in in the the alternate alternate camp, so he had some you know dealing with better players, but it's not quite the same. Normally, I wouldn't
2: be as concerned making that kind of jump, but you're placing so much of your success. On the middle of this infield working, not saying it can't be done, I just don't want to ruin a young kid. Definitely
0: hey, I'll sure. trade you. At least you guys will fucking play people. <laughs> so uh Josh, going from the the players to the schedule, uh, you know, as we mentioned uh, earlier, they have a, a fairly tough start to the season. You know, I guess Arizona and San Francisco aren't at least you know the the worst uh, road trip you could have, but a West Coast road trip early. I uh, have to go, you know, to the Dodgers late in April, a lot of NL West in the first month. Um, a pretty, you know, forgiving schedule in May, but what would you say is kind of the, the critical point for the Reds schedule? The critical point is the start.
2: And I wrote about this on Blog Red Machine. You can find it at blogredmachine.com. April is a must-win situation for the Cincinnati Reds. It it has to be. If you look at their history in April and, and starting the season, it's quite poor. They had the what? What was it? Two or three years ago, where they were yeah, like in tw- two and sixteen, yeah, twenty and it was just yeah, it was bad. Yeah, done from there. You have to go all the way back to twenty thirteen to find the last April that the Reds finished the month with a winning record, fifteen and thirteen in twenty thirteen. They are three ninety winning percentage their past three opening months of baseball. You have to come out of the gate. And unfortunately, like that is probably the toughest part of the schedule based off of the history with you have starting slow and because you have to open against the Cardinals, then you get some play time with the Pirates, but then you have to go take a first West Coast road trip. Yeah. Granted, it's only Madison Baumgartner's Diamondbacks and Kirk Casales and the rest of the former Reds, San Francisco Giants. And then you get to come back, start the Ohio Cup. But then, yeah, then you have to turn around eight days later from getting back from the West Coast the first time, and go right back out again. And in that road trip, you take on the Cardinals for three games for the second series of the year, and then you go and have to take on the Dodgers to end the month.
0: Yeah, and I will say, That's after tough. after April, if they can keep things afloat, you know, they have the the Chicago two step, uh, you know, hosting yeah. the Cubs and the White Sox. Go to Cleveland. Which you know, once again, we've said both the Reds and the Indians. Who knows? But after that, you know, you you have to go on the road. But as far as a road trip, it's about as nice as you could ask for. You go to Pittsburgh and Colorado, then you get San Francisco, who once again we said is is down, Milwaukee, who none of us really believe in, and then you know, I mean, you do have to go to wash, but you have about two weeks there where you can really take advantage. And if right. you can keep yourself afloat, that can be you know a way, as we mentioned the nl central has you know four teams where we're not really sure we know the right. pirates suck but the rest of them we're not really sure and that could be a great place to gain ground you know right. even if they're a little bit back after kind of a you know potentially middling april and that's why april is
2: so challenging is because you have you have some injuries they're minor injuries but they're they're still there so you're still yeah. not starting with uh sunny gray in the rotation you're not with vado at the beginning of the season so you have to do these two west coast trips and show goes yeah show goes out with his hamstring you have to do these two west coast trips in the front of the season where you usually stumble out of the gate if you can get a winning percentage uh, a winning record in april then yeah you could really build some momentum into divisional play before the break and be sitting pretty for once But it's it's going to be a challenge to do it. You're going to have to keep
0: the heads on a swivel. So with that going through April, I mean with the tough April, uh, a winnable May, and uh, you know as we mentioned, a lot of teams that we're not really sure about at the end of the season. How do you think you're going to look back at the Reds? You know, do you think they'll be a playoff team? Are you are you saying NL Central champs? Are you saying maybe second? Looking at a playoff spot, or are you thinking they're going to be on the way out third or fourth? So I'll go off of Zach's format. He talked about meaningful baseball in
2: September. And I believe the Reds will be playing meaningful baseball in September. Here's the caveat to that, though. From 2017 to 2020, the Reds played 146 one-run games. Losing a league-high 33 of such games in 2019 and have a combined winning percentage of 370 in such games from 2017 to 2020 i'm sure trading a closer will help with yeah, that yeah right uh do you know how many uh <laughs> such games the cubs have of that the cardinals and the cubs they win those games and only the 2019 cubs had a losing record in one run games uh from 27 to 2020
0: craiggy kimbrough back on the back on the <laughs> horse and we're yeah, good to go so that on. was
2: in and that was in 2019 when the cubs had a little skid there yeah, but yeah craig kimbrough. but When the rest of your division, and like we said, we don't really believe in Milwaukee that much, so if you're looking at the Cardinals and Cubs and competing with them, they have the staffs to compete in those one-run games, not have so many of them first off, and then win those games. And the Reds just lose those games. You have to be able to compete in those close games with your division. And it's getting over the early slump at the beginning of the season. It's winning those one-run games the one-run games is the big thing to make it all the way to the, through the season cuz i think i think the reds are conf, like you know i you know i'll be a homer and everything and i, I think the reds can um, win the know. division but if we're going to be realistic here i think the reds are a second place team and to get into the playoffs they're going to have to win more one-run games to especially in september
0: well josh we'll break down the red legs roster they're starting rotation a little bit more as you mentioned some in- injuries along with the tribe roster that Zach, as we mentioned, is a little bit upset about. Hopefully, maybe changes by May or June. But we'll talk about that all in just a second. But we're going to go back to our Taps walk-off wheat ale for Zach's reciting of the can.
1: Going, going gone! This smooth and refreshing All-American wheat ale drinks easy through all nine innings and leaves you ready to rally. It's the wheat ale, boys i wasn't ready for that <laughs> <laughs> that was nice that
2: was very uh you should get on a mic sometime you for should man i know that was a
1: that was a walk-off call right there I can tell you I'll, hey reds call me promise i won't make any inappropriate comments all i'm gonna say
0: i'm reliable i promise I've, I've heard you <laughs> talk before but guys taking a look as we mentioned this going going gone walk-off weed ale uh you mentioned a little bit of the can earlier, as we normally do during this segment. It's got the pinstripes, got the uh, kind of like Mr. Redlegs looking baseball head guy. It's like
1: his evil brother if he had sex with the Yankees. Uh, where they oh had yeah, because he's got hat. the hat yeah. too.
0: Yeah, he's got a pennant and then he's holding a glass that might be full with beer. I'm not really. I think it's sure. half full. Half full with beer. Yeah, but it's. A, I mean, it's a nice design. It definitely jumps out of baseball we were looking for a baseball bear and it, as soon as i you know okay. was looking at it in the in the beer section i was like whoa that's baseball well bear. it's got I the, the nice pinstri- uh i always call that baseball cursive that baseball cursive wheat
1: ale like the, with the big oh, yeah. swoop, like what well, i don't know we call that swoop on the bottom um yeah tass always has good i always said they always have solid uh beer receptacle designs and uh definitely liking this one very baseball, very festive.
2: Yeah, they always have great summer beers. I feel like, like I got mm-hmm. that Nellie's line that has we talked about in the beer review at the top of the show. This is just kind of, while it's great, it's your very straightforward wheat ale, right? But if you're looking for that like fruitier kind of fl- spring kind of Citrus-y. flavor, yeah, the citrus stuff. That Nellie's line that they have yeah. with the key lime and the f- the frozen lemon one that they came out with this year, those are excellent.
0: But as you mentioned, Zach, as far as the the beer receptacles or, or cans as some people call them uh you know the Nellies has the bright green bright yellow the yeah. the berry mm-hmm. beer has all of the different fruits on it it really pops this one has the pinstripes where if you're you're like baseball as soon as you look yeah. at it you yeah. think baseball yeah. so they do a great job of like showing off their beers really attracting the eye and then also like telling you what you're gonna get you, know, you get the bright flavors out of the the lime and the the lemon, you get the full berry, you know Yeah. Tartness yeah. of the berry beer. And then this is a baseball beer. Like it just says. And you can see that right away.
2: Great name too, walk off. Do you guys have like a favorite like walk off call or uh, a favorite broadcaster that oh.
1: has the best walk off calls? I mean
2: Tom Hamilton has
1: the best walk off call. Souvenir City. That's best home run, but I mean
0: walk off even.
1: Yeah, souvenir city up in the land, Greg.
0: Um so the, the Cubs announcer left for um, to do the White Sox radio job. No, so Reiner Pasternak. We're not really we're not, yeah, really. we're we're not, not really. We're not On the, south-, oh, the south side. Other
1: oh, side. But um, that's that sucks, bro. Like that's such like he's like pissed on. He's like, yeah, uh, I'd rather
0: go. That sucks, bro.
1: <laughs> that sucks, bro. I mean, we, we White Sox own that city. I've always said that. I've always said Chicago's a White Sox. When I town. think
2: Chicago, I, I think definitely White, think the white Sox, Sox, black and white. I'm glad that's, he got, I'm glad, oh, yeah, glad he got to really move up it.
1: out of that you know NL 4A level. He's like this is basically minor league baseball. Now he gets to go to the big times, the American League.
2: Oh well,
1: so
0: yeah, I want to hear your. Were you going with him? So I no, the I mean there, there's there's Boo <laughs> Shambi, Ooh, a great yeah, that's He's a now one. on Marquee Sports Network. But uh my favorite one was the Welcome to Tangier uh, call from ESPN. But you know, there's Michael K who does the see ya, which I always love. I don't like Michael K, but I love his his home run call. Very what about pro- you?
2: Uh I am a big fan of the way George Grand used to call home runs and especially walk-off home runs for the Reds, even regular home runs, it would sometimes, his voice would sometimes do this, but every walk-off home run, he'd, and I don't think I can do it, but he, it's gonna be, and his voice would crack on the be gone. And the, just the way his voice would crack on that and the pure excitement in that, ah, nothing like it. Nothing like it. Absolutely. And of course, for every walk-off, I don't think there's a more glorious like celebration oh, yeah. in sports than no, hop, they're, hopping oh, at yeah, the plate, at man. The get them jumping.
1: Like. I think awesome, the, the best calls in sports, walk-off home runs, and I guess like, I hate soccer, but I guess goals in soccer because they happen oh, once these. every three months, so they act like <laughs> it's like an insane thing. Uh, those are the two most fun things to do. You better get used to, to that this year. Yeah. Why are we going to talk about F FC today? They can't win it fucking game. Well, I was get... talking
2: about Indians home runs. but
1: <laughs> Oh, buddy. Whoa. I know, Whoa. right? We'll break down that, Ross. Let's talk about them bombers.
0: Guys, we're back to our big chug. Doing a little MLB preview. Talking about the uh, Indians and Red season. That both start... Thursday afternoon, the Indians go into Detroit, the Reds hosting the St. Louis Cardinals. We're talking a little bit of the roster makeup right now. Uh start again with the Indians, Zach. Uh as far as the season goes, you know, biggest acquisition from the season. I know deep pockets by the Dolans. And oh, then also money, baby. Did they lose anyone this year, <laughs> you know, as far as trade or or free agents yeah. go? Yeah,
1: well, Okay, we all know who they lost. Greg, and bring it up again. We talked about it earlier. Yeah, Francisco Lindor's fucking gone. Um, you know, big spenders here. You know, and Josh is laughing over here. But yeah, we'll talk about the Reds' big spending here in a minute. Uh, I mean, Eddie Rosario. Uh, he's always been an Indians killer. Hits great at the uh, the Jake, or as they refer to now, the Prague, the Insurance, uh, field. So the big um, Insurance Field. The big insurance. Yeah, I hate that name, but um. You know, nice eight million dollar deal. Uh, hopefully, he brings you know the bat with him. At least, you know, nice, nice solidifying an outfield spot. The outfield has been name again. Oh, we get it's it's still gonna be bad. It will get to there. It's still gonna be bad. Uh, but at least you know, Francona has one name he can pencil in there every day. It Used to be like uh, when Michael Brantley was there. Yeah, geez, I know. Has it you been more, How then? hard is it to find more than one guy? So bring back Brady uh, Sizemore. Gamble? I, I will get there, Josh. Okay, don't sorry, even get sorry. me all worked up. Uh you know, the other offseason signing, um kind of a re-signing, but um was uh, I think a very underrated signing for any team last year. Uh Cesar Hernandez is back at second base, gold he glover the- and led the league in uh doubles last year. Um, and just a solid like professional hitter,
0: which you don't a get a whole lot. Right, right, right.
1: He's an old school leadoff hitter kind of guy. He uh hits for around three hundred. Um I really like that signing. So um you know, kind of breaking down further the roster, I guess that we're moving more of the
0: roster breakdown. Yeah, right now we're, uh, you know, as far as some of the acquisitions, looking to the guys that are on the roster, you know, some guys up, some guys down. Who do you think has the potential to kind of have a big bounce back year this year? I would say, first off, I would look at, you know, a guy like Zach Plesak, who showed some things, obviously had some off-the-field like issues. Well, had some off. The... The... Well, last year... He, was... he had okay. some off-the-field issues this year. I just think it's putting oh, together Oh, you a mean, full like, season. put a full season?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I yeah, I think Plesak, he's... Uh, I think he's got the stuff to be uh, a Cy Young candidate. If he can put it all together, he's um, he's shown it. I mean, like, ever since he's been up, he's never had an issue besides the off-the-field stuff. Yeah. Um, real was- consistent... Yes, this would really be his first. Like, I'm not going to go full service season. time, but yeah, about you know equal to like second, third season. Um, so yeah, I like uh, Plussick, and then you know Josh Naylor is an interesting guy. I don't know that he really hits enough. I think the Yankees series is a bit of an aberration, but trying to be find some kind of upside. Um, I love his passion. I don't think he's one of those old school guys. You don't see these guys anymore. I mean, that guy plays with passion every game. He's amped. He's jacked. Um, I think the guy's got the biggest season, honestly, and hasn't been really talked about. Is he had a nice spring. Besides, again, I, him and him and Jose don't seem to understand COVID. But uh, Fran Mill, kind of a big year for him, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's he's played a few years. Obviously, started out in San Diego. Uh, he had a nice spring. He, uh, he's got a gotta show some consistency here you know he had that two weeks and he's shown it before he can carry an offense for two weeks when he's on but when everybody's got peaks and valleys but he's got mountaintops and thousand foot ocean trenches as far as like his season's And he's gotta he's gotta you know he's gotta be more consistent you know even in a slump he's gotta find ways to have good at bats not hacking away at three straight pitches swinging through um and, you know, if him and Jose, and Jose, if they can be consistent a little bit, this offense will be a little more dangerous. I'll, be, I'll feel a little better about it. You got that middle of the order there. That, that could be really tough.
2: Well, and we linked on our uh, Twitter and Facebook today, at 30 Rack of Sports, the story that was on uh, Factory of Sadness, Factoryofsadness.com. Greatest about name of all time. About Fran Millen, if yeah. he could be the X factor for this team, if he could just be consistent. Because yeah, I agree with you. If he's consistent, then
1: that lineup looks a lot more scary. Exactly, because I think Rosario is going to be Rosario consistent, um, and then yeah, Cesar Hernandez kind of lean off the top
0: if he can do what he did last year. That top of the order is. Uh, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, right now. I mean, once again, we just have, you know, potential opening day lineups. You won't know till Thursday. But right now, the lineup that they have is Hernandez, Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Famiro Reyes. And then on the backside, you have Josh Naylor, Bowers, Perez, uh, Jimenez, and Ben Gamble. So I'm
1: excited about Jimenez. We'll see how he does. He's young. Uh, just real quick on some of those guys. Uh, Bowers. He's going to force... I don't know. They hate Bobby Bradley, but Bobby Bradley will be up sooner than later. He's going to force their hand, um, and maybe, you know, if he hits his upside. Uh, Ben Gamble... Yeah, I don't know him either. Again, I I don't know. Rosario Um,
2: was the only one that hit uh, 300, outfielder-wise, that hit 300 this spring. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, just to go back to, like... Because I was going to ask you, and you've already said that everybody is asking. I just don't understand some of these... Uh, with uh, Gamble picking Gamble there and picking Bowers over Bradley I mean I know Bradley had a rough season last year and the year before yeah, we that he barely but, had a chance he had at, a cup you, of coffee yeah but you look at where the improvement is in the
1: young guys and if you're retooling right, give the young guys a chance exactly I get like, it these guys aren't going to be prospects Bradley's about to turn 25 I always said once you get 25 you're not a prospect anymore yeah. but honestly he's never had an opportunity
0: yeah and then uh, Zach taking a look at the rotation before we get to the the full player bl- breakdown right now you kind of have six guys going for five spots right now it looks like the rotation is going to be uh bieber uh zach plesick uh Aaron savalli logan alley and then mckenzie possibly over cal Quantrill for that fifth spot right now it's kind of looking like that
1: yeah yeah i mean uh the the fifth spot's still in flux uh, mckenzie and Quantrill start out um in the pen um it sounds like mackenzie you know i think they said not like 13 days before they'll need the fifth starter so that's all kind of in flux yeah um, early in the season you have a lot of the off days right to help with kind of you know the, the weather and yeah, april especially, especially in
0: where the indians are playing pretty confident in yeah. the rotation,
1: and then even right? logan allen his first start they've been talking he i don't know why Again, another Indians decision. I can't really get clarification. Uh, but there's talk that Logan Allen, even when his start comes around, because he's got the fourth spot locked down, is he might just be a, a a starter, but then they might bring McKenzie in after like two or three innings. Don't know why I can't. I don't know. But um, Bullpen
2: session. All right.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in April. <laughs> Overall, I like it. Um, like I said, yeah, Logan Allen's a little bit of an unknown Um he had a great spring, though. Uh, McKenzie and Quantrill, ton of talent. Real and consistent. I mean, McKenzie's still – he never pitched both double-A before they called him up last year. So, um, a lot of upside. I still think they'll, by the end of the year, hopefully – I mean, no one builds pitchers like the Indians do. That's a fact. I think they'll have one of the better rotations. Um, honestly, i think the strength that i love i
0: love this bullpen i was gonna say going in uh the last thing before i move over the to the reds players to be excited about and i know there are some players to be excited about in this bullpen uh, starting yeah. with a guy that you know was suspended last year but uh was a big name out of that cory kluber trade uh emmanuel is it classe classe that's what Klasse. i found classe yeah um uh,
1: and, and man, that's that's kid throws heat like <laughs> 101, kid. 102. And he has got a nasty slider. And at times this spring, here's his issue. And I, I love to hear this in a pitcher because this is crazy fixable. His problem is when he has given up hits or been ineffective, he throws too many strikes. Awesome. Love that. <laughs> that's completely fixable. I think he's got a crazy high ceiling. Then you got Nick Wickren, who. Over the past, you know, year, year and a half has been a completely underrated piece of this bullpen. As he was a seventh inning guy. Uh yeah, he hits, you know, ninety-five to ninety-seven. Um, just again, you don't hear about him because he's so consistent. You don't hear about him. And then obviously Karenichek, who came on hot last year, wild thing. Been a little wild this spring. I was gonna say he's uh, some... one of those guys that when he's on, he's on. And when he's off, it's it's yeah. a little bit I don't uh. think he's gonna take the closer role. I could see it going to Wickran to start. I think because he's the consistent one, and then it'll be between him and Klaase. But you know, when all three are on, that seven, eight, nine is good luck, good fucking luck. And then you know the rest of the bullpen. Brian Shaw's back, uh, the most hated man in Cleveland for like the whole time he was here is back, and that but solid. Like I said, Quantrill out of the pen I think is effective. Um, Op proved last year he can get righties as well as lefties op is either like 35 or 60 i'm not really he, sure i think he's 100 uh trevor stefan uh, kind of came out of nowhere but had a really nice spring and then phil Matten, again one of those consistent middle reliever guys so um i think you know i love the bullpen pitching yeah. staff as a whole
0: yeah solid. pitching staff's great and and you know as as you mentioned time and time again some interesting guys you know triple a on the bench to come up Zimmer, Bobby. There's gonna Bradley. be that taxi
1: squad's gonna be working here in the first couple months. I promise
0: you. That. So well, it'll be interesting to see that going from the Indians to the Redlegs. Um, this will be an interesting question. Biggest loss, uh, I'm guessing, might be Trevor Bauer, maybe a couple other guys. But biggest acquisition, Reds one of the few teams to spend pretty much nothing <laughs> in uh, in free agency. So biggest acquisition uh, I had on my list. Sean Doolittle, who they paid like what 1.8 million dollars for a year, he was about as big of a name as they signed. Yeah,
2: it's a, what uh, it's what, a very what say meh, you, Josh? Meh, acquisition on Doolittle. I'm not sold on him yet, and I'm kind of sick of ask of like having to answer this question because yeah, they did. Well, I'll ask it again. They didn't. They didn't acquire anyone this year. But people forget. They're like, oh, the Reds didn't do anything this year. But people forget that they did basically everything that. The fan base asked them to do the year before, and then COVID happened. And yeah, okay, yeah, Nick Castellanos is going to hit the same that he did last year. Okay.
1: No, I, think
2: if it happens, if it happens, I'll give you. If that happens, if Nat, Nick Castellanos has a the same or lesser batting average. This year than he did last
1: year. I will give you each. I'm not $50. knocking the Castillanos. I no, think he's. How he about said you buy
0: that, something, some nice, nice like. No, you can go buy it.
1: <laughs> I'm not knocking the Castillanos. Uh, man, that's stock, that's is though top. I think is. You better
0: not cut. So that. here's where I'm going with this though.
2: Uh, okay, One okay. of the acquisitions that they had then, not a player, a coach, who's in the hot seat this season, is hitting coach Alan Zinter. Because they brought him on in that 2019 season, and he was their second new hire in two years, their third new hitting coach in three years. This will be his first full season with all those new acquisitions from two years ago. And he actually, I think, has the most to prove in fixing that lineup because you brought in this new hitting coach, your second hitting coach in two years, and you cannot have last year happening again or everybody's going to be looking at you as to... Why aren't all these big acquisitions how, that
1: we saw How How old is uh, Mustakis? He's 32. Yeah. Guys after 30 Mustakis is only 32. I know right, he should be like 100. I but mean, yeah, I, would I mean I'd say 35,
0: 36 if you were asking. Um me. Yeah, guys don't change. He's like a 36 he's, year he's, old. And I mean, I, I hey, maybe
1: maybe Could Zinter, take, maybe Zinter's a magician. Take Take the one guy out of the equation. But yeah,
2: that's cause everyone now is like, okay, is Zinter some sort of like dark magician? What did what did he do to these guys? Now you've got this full season, you've had normal prep now to work with these guys. Alan Zinter has to prove that he can get these guys to hit. Well, well hey, is he gonna
1: guy. fix Joey Votto? Here's the real well, question. I mean that's my point that you gotta you gotta
2: But but going okay fine to answer your question, Joey Votto has a completely new approach now to where he wants to hit
0: for power, and that's a great segue. Who never really into uh, okay,
1: a power guy hits forty-five fucking home runs a year. Let's just okay. Josh is like shaking his head. Josh is is shaking his head. And let's
0: let's talk about either Joey Votto or castellanos or maybe even a guy like uh eugenio suarez who kind of had a a rough start who would you say is the big bounce back candidate because i think there are a lot to choose from as you mentioned with the reds down offensive production last year i think you know i don't think any of us are fooling ourselves by saying the reds were Less yeah. than what you would have no, expected yeah. <laughs> on offense right. last year. Yeah, they were very
2: less than what every, everyone expected. I mean, at the beginning of the year, everyone was like, what is going What is going on when they yeah. restarted? They my, couldn't my hit anything. My top
0: one would be, you know, Suarez. That's you know, you exactly who I'm going with. You the way he had yep. two years ago, first last year. He just looked uncomfortable last year. I don't know. The first month, at least, he looked very uncomfortable. Well, and I think Nick
2: Castellanos put it perfectly. He recently talked to uh, Mark Sheldon at MLB.com and was saying that, you know, in a normal season, you're in a slump and everything, and you're like, all right, you know, I need to hit my next off day and everything, get off a road trip or whatever, get in the cage, and then, you know, we'll work out of it. There's time. But when you're in a slump last year and you're like, okay, there's 17 games left. I, I I have to do something. I have to change something. And every day you're like, all right, I'm going to, open my stance. Next day, all right, I'm going to close my stance a little more. I'm going to have my hands up front a little more. And you're constantly doing all these new things that by the time at the end of the year, you have this completely jacked swing.
0: Yeah, you get a couple off days and then you only basically get 55 what? games. You only get, you know, Is that the 200 concern FF? with
1: Zinter, though? Isn't that where he comes in?
2: So, yeah, that's exactly. That was yeah. my point with Zinter yeah. then. I think Suarez, though, Suarez has said, Suarez made the bold, usually, <laughs> usually it's guys like us that have the bold takes. Suarez went and cooked himself up a hot take for himself the other day and said that he's going for 50 home runs. Whoa. Now, he just set the record two years ago, like you said, Greg, for most home runs by a Venezuelan-born player.
0: And didn't he have, like, he had a ton of home runs in, like, August last year. Like, he yeah, got really yeah, he hot. On the, or sorry, yeah. 2019. He got really hot in August and had, like, 20 home runs in a month. So
2: let's put that full season together oh, for Suarez now and uh, get, get him going for a full season. I think he'll have a great bounce back here.
0: So just taking a look at the lineup once again we just kind of have the projections uh you have jesse winker who was one of the few players that had a good year last year uh cashellanos joey Vado once he gets back uh suarez moustakis who's moved to third base nick senzel who once again was a highly rated prospect who's been very often injured in center field uh tucker barnhart who's more of a defensive catcher the wild card as we mentioned in jonathan india and then the pitcher spot because The NL doesn't know what they want to do with the DL yet, or with the DH yet, so we'll figure that out. Uh, Thoughts on the lineup? You know, it definitely has the potential to be a deep lineup, or it has the potential to be a couple guys and then... Vado being disappointed, Mustakis being disappointing, those are the Senzel two. being hurt, Barnhart being who knows, and then India being a struggling rookie.
2: Yeah, India is a concern. I'm not as concerned about Barnhart because now you have a much better second option in uh, youngster Tyler Stevenson. Um, Senzel uh, again wrote about this on BlogRedMachine.com. I, I like I like Senzel to go 2020 this season. I mean, he hasn't played a full season yet. But he's gotten pretty close to the 2020 numbers in the shortened seasons that he has had. If mm-hmm. he can stay healthy and put together a full season, uh, David Bell was raving about his speed uh, on spring break and said he's running like he hasn't seen him before. So if he can get on base and you know he had a couple of uh, dingers in spring training too, Nick Senzel's not far off from a 2020 guy. You know the lineup. The lineup itself like the batting order it's i'm very curious to see how that goes especially because david bell is i think gonna loosen the uh platooning up a little bit this year and let guys play when they're hot which should be lovely news to all reds fans that you play your hot hand when you have it but yeah at the beginning greg there's going to be questions because you have some minor injuries that while they're minor injuries leaves you short at the beginning of the season.
0: And I would say another place where, where injuries leave some question marks and putting together a full season, I think, at the top of the rotation, is uh, looking at the rotation, you have Luis Castillo, who's a guy that hasn't really put together a full season. You, know, He's definitely had some like, month-long blips. Uh, you have Sonny Gray, who's injured coming into the season, but projects to be you know a one or two guy. Uh, Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, a guy who was kind of disappointing last year. Uh, you know, lost a couple guys, Bauer, Dallas, a lot of a lot of that stuff. And then you have in your fifth spot, you have either a reclamation project in Jeff Hoffman, who I've brought up Jeff several Hoffman. times, a guy who I've researched a lot in the last two hours. Why? The Hoffman. And then um, uh, a young guy who showed, one, an interesting mustache, and two, some great stuff, as well as some huge struggles. I mean literally in the course of, like, two innings against the Indians last year and Jose De Leon. So what are your thoughts of this pitching staff? Because they were really the thing that kind of held the Reds together last year. So, I mean, what's your expectations for them this year? I mean, obviously the offense is going to have to pull a little bit more. You lose a Cy Young winner. It's going to take, take a step back. But where are you at with this rotation?
2: Um, for one, I think Tyler Malley makes, you know, his final jump. And we finally see Mally full form, if you will. Fully evolved, if you will. Like uh, Pokemon, already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other guy that you didn't mention, Greg, who I think could be the glue to both the rotation Sour and the mono. bullpen. Oh, God. Let's not talk about that. Um is Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen recently was going on and on about Isn't how... Isn't he a center fielder? <clears throat> could be. I thought he was a DH. Could be. Or a bodybuilder.
0: Was that
1: what could
2: was? be. But he recently um, was working uh, with the Reds pitching staff. And the Reds pitching staff actually, you know, they invested in that and actually thought about some analytics recently. So they recently were going over spin rate with Michael Lorenzen, and he basically developed a new curveball that he's adding to his... Repertoire that he really likes. Slurve,
0: forkball. What are we talking about here?
2: I'm not sure what we're talking about. They didn't specify, but you know, he's adding. He's trying to evolve too, and he's always been the guy that he's proven he's a good bullpen guy. And then even last year, they used him in some extended. He got a couple starts and some extended looks. He could be the glue to all this. The one thing that I'm really concerned about is Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, like I've said, it's a minor injury. But it's lower back soreness. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. bad an issue. issue. lower back soreness as someone who deals with chronic lower back soreness, I even at my age, it lingers. And at For his a pitcher age, that lingers. And it's it, so at his age as a pitcher, it's definitely gonna linger. And so you're definitely gonna he's Sonny Gray is not a guy that you're gonna be wanting to like have out there in the sixth inning ninety pitches. Like you've no. got to watch his pitch count and keep him healthy because of the like you said, I think there are enough pieces there to like kind of glue it together and get by, but there's those stretches like a St. Louis Dodgers road trip where if you get more injuries in there and some guys don't step up and perform... <sighs>
0: Ooh. Yeah, and, or, if you have, be rough. or if you have a couple injuries because you don't take care of some of your guys, you know, Castillo and, yeah, you know, Gray go down. You could have a couple of years ago Red where, Reds where you have Sal Romano and Rookie Davis going back to back.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, there's ifs, there's ifs there for the rotation, <laughs> and then there's ifs uh, with the batting order. I think a lot of the ifs in the batting order on are whether Moose and Vado actually come through on power. So,
1: so you're sold on the bullpen. We didn't even cover that. You're but 100% we're gonna, shut down. Well, I was
0: going to say we're, we'll get to that. I, mean, oh, I are thought you we excited were about that. the bullpen? W- what are you excited about this year? I th- you mentioned Jonathan India, who is a guy that, you know, I'm excited. I- I've watched in uh, you know, spring training a little bit. Very impressed with him. Yeah. You've also had some things. I mean, you had the Hunter Green experience, a guy who's only pitched in like yeah. rookie ball who had a rough outing, but as far as players that you actually expect to see in the opening day roster, Who are you excited to see in the future? Maybe a maybe a triple A guy that comes up. A triple A. See, that's
2: the thing. That's another thing. A concern of mine is pitching wise. I'm not sure that the Reds really have a whole lot of like solid guys ready for that yet. The one guy that I'm ready to see step into a new rule, new role is Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett should be the Reds' closer. The guy has struck out nearly every batter that he has faced in spring training. He f- single-handedly fought the Pittsburgh Pirates. I was going to say,
0: "Guy's a fighter." <laughs> that part we know.
2: And that that's one uh, we linked to uh, Rose Rotation at Rose Rotation on Twitter. The uh, Chris Rose, Chris Rose's new podcast. He had some of the guys from from Pittsburgh's uh, pitching staff on that kind of faced Amir Garrett, and that that's a good one you can find on our social media. But Amir Garrett, that dude is a dog, man. Like he's ready to lock it down. He's so passionate about like the Reds. And he's shown that he has the power to go eight and nine. But whether the Reds are ready to do that or not, I'm not sure. Because Lucas Sims, they say, is also capable. So I'm curious to see how that battle works out for the closing setup
0: role between Lucas Sims and Amir Garrett. They don't have the guy who sprints out to the mound anymore, do they? Tulane graduate Todd Coffey? No. no, not, not Todd Coffey, the other guy. The guy that they had like two years ago. Jared Hughes? Yeah, Jared yeah. Hughes. No, they do not oh, still have, have Jared, Jared Hughes anymore. No. Well, that's a shame. But a uh, lot to be excited about. lot to be a little bit worried about for both the Reds and the Indians. But guys, opening days tomorrow. We get extended Ohio Cup. We get extended Ohio yeah, Cup, buddy. and we have all of the belief in the world. 162-0 starts maybe today. So guys, not on the script. but We'll go real quick. Opening day prediction versus the Cardinals. Who are you taking? Five to two red legs, baby. In Detroit versus the Tigers. What do you think? What are we taking? You're playing the fucking Tigers. I'm taking Shane Bieber in the tribe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shane Bieber in the tribe. Both the Reds and the Indians starting off 1-0. You can put it. On the board, that's 30 Rack of Sports and our MLB preview. Be sure to follow us at 30 Rack Sports. See on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And get everything at anchor.fm backslash 30 Rack of Sports. Blackslash. All
2: right, fellas. We're going to fly through what is brewing in Ohio right now.
0: What is brewing in Ohio right now?
2: Uh, guys, do you want to know where you can go to get, you know, we're big IPA guys here, especially our friend Zach, big on the IPAs, the uh, grass beers as some call them. Do you want to know where you can go in Ohio to get the Ohio IPA Brewery of the Year? Just take a guess at what awesome town in Ohio has this brewery. Cleveland. Port Clinton, baby. Oh. Whoa, basically Port- Cleveland. Our boys in PC. The PC. The, the ferry to uh, put bay Port Clinton, Ohio. Shout out
0: to our pals at Catawba.
2: Catawba Brewing, yep. Uh, Catawba Island. This one's not Catawba Island Brewing. This one is Twin Oast Brewing in Port Clinton, Ohio. They won the New York nice. International Beer Competition's IPA Brewery of the Year for the state of Ohio. Their flagship American American IPA called Legitimate Swells brought home a gold medal, and their Ice Shove Belgian-style IPA earned a bronze. They Mm. also got some others there, too. Uh, The Ship Burner Brown Porter Feeling Dangerous Schwarz Beer and Meet Your Maker Barrel-Aged Imperial Stout. They also won awards at this competition.
0: Sorry, what was the name of that Schwarz Beer? The Schwarz Beer Feeling Dangerous. Shout out to my guy Baker, Baker Mayfield. Feels
2: dangerous. Makes Greg legitimate no. legitimate swells there for uh, Baker. Uh, but IPA Brewery of the Year. If you're a big IPA guy, head up to Twin Oaks Brewing. They're the IPA Ohio's IPA Brewery of the Year, and they've also got some great other beers as well. Now from. Uh, What's your name? Greg's <laughs> corner of the state to Zach's corner of Ohio. We go down to his hometown of Logan, Ohio. Oh, gosh. Revisiting one of the breweries that we have had on the show before, Brewery 33. Yay, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Hocking Hills Brewery. They are celebrating their fourth anniversary this week. So Congrats. happy anniversary yeah. to.
0: It's a great brewery.
2: Brewery 33. Uh, just down, down the road there, and literally just down Route 33. Uh, could be
0: two miles could be 500 miles we're not really sure
2: it's a little more it's up in lancaster but still on route 33 lancaster lancaster Lancaster. Lancaster. come on lancaster Gallipolis. Uh, double yeah. <laughs> Double Edge Brewing Company, uh, they are toasting to their third year of making brewery in Lancaster. Lancaster uh, sucks. Making week. brewery? Is that what I said? Yeah, he yeah, said yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, Whoa. this has been a long show. Uh, but Double Edge Brewing and Brewery 33 is out in the Logan Lancaster area. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary 6th to Tafts as well. For more on what is brewing in Ohio, you can go to OhioCraftBeer.org. Follow them on social media at OhioCraftBeer. And for us, we're on social media at 30 Rack of Sports.
0: All righty. As we wrap up, once again, we want to thank everyone for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports and our baseball preview as we get you set for opening day coming up in just a short while, coming up tomorrow as we release this podcast. Uh, in lieu of shout outs, of course, first we want to give a shout out to our beer of the week. Taft's walk off weed ale which we all really enjoyed, we are going to do our favorite thing about baseball because I mentioned opening day coming up, and just so much to love about baseball. Baseball kind of one of those sports that's kind of been up and down in popularity, but all of us here love all Ohio sports, but especially you two love baseball. So, Josh, we'll start with you. Favorite thing about baseball?
2: My favorite thing about baseball, Greg, is... Well, There are so many things. For for this specific opening day, though, I'm going to just say my favorite thing about baseball is just being. You can just be there, and the game is there, and all is right with the world. I'm lucky enough to have opening day tickets and to be going with my dad and my brothers, and just to be there with my brothers, with my dad, at a baseball game. That is one of the greatest joys of baseball. What about
1: you guys? Zach, what about you? Damn it, Josh took like my thing. Like you know the whole thing with the romanticism of baseball. The uh, you don't get you can't be romantic about football, basketball, any other sport. Anybody's read any books on baseball? They're always (sighs) just the pros. Everything about it. Yeah, just being there. I can picture it now. Whether in Cleveland, it's the smell—the smell of fresh cut grass and the dirt, the sounds, the wood hitting the leather. the pine tar, the hot dogs. Like I said, I can, I can picture it right now if I close my mind. Whether it's been a lot of Reds games, obviously I live in Cincinnati now, or up in Cleveland, Huntington Park in Columbus, if you haven't checked yeah. that out, uh, up in Dayton, uh, down Louisville, just sitting there, and it's just calm, quiet. Letting the kids play.
0: Letting the kids play. Beer. Yeah. Everything. I just get goosebumps about it. Everything yeah. about it. And I think those are two great things about baseball. I think my one favorite thing, and I think it, it kind of came to light recently with the shutdown and sports not being on. I think my one favorite thing about baseball is, you know, in general, day baseball, but also just baseball being always on. You know, it's a seven-day-a-week sport. Yep. It's a during-the-day game, you know, especially being a Cubs fan, there are a lot of day games where at work I can listen to a game or something. Wow, so lucky. I know, while <laughs> I know, I'm at, at work. But there's just uh, such a joy where, you know, when I didn't, I mean, I I got the shakes when I didn't get sports. I'm not going to lie to any of you, but having, you know, having baseball on every day, whether it's, you know, Saturday afternoon, you turn on a game Wednesday afternoon, you turn on a game, you come home any day of the week during the summer, you got baseball on. And it's one of those things where really from, you know, tomorrow until October, aside of those couple terrible days in july where you don't have sports (laughs) you will have baseball on every day and i know i i'm sure you guys as baseball junkies are the same way there are sometimes i'll turn it on and it'll be you know a a pirates rockies game on a tuesday night but you know what it's baseball and i enjoy it it's on it's something and it's just something to enjoy and you know i will say i think that fox sports music
2: hits different on a 1 p.m saturday divisional game for yeah. baseball, I don't know about you guys,
0: but oh it just, yeah, it all da, hits da, different da, da, for baseball. Da, 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 da. And there's something da,
1: da, 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 da.
0: I don't know. There's something different also for me about those like four o'clock Fox games where you just like it's not you know you can sit down. You had your morning stuff going on. You can sit down, watch a game. You have the whole night ahead of you yeah. afterwards, and you can just sit there for a couple hours. Watch Plus, baseball it's a sport you can just else.
1: have on. Yeah, yeah. You barbecuing, drinking a beer. Turn and catch a glint.
0: Yeah. Drinking a wheat ale. A you, wheat ale. You miss an inning, usually not too, too <laughs> right, much. It's, so it's just one of those great sports. I know we'll put it on our social, asking you what's your favorite baseball moment. Let us know at 30 Rack of Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know. And then also, thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. I know all three of us. Really enjoyed doing this. I know these two were so excited to get ready for baseball and talk about their red legs and their Indians. So thank you again so much for listening. Thanks again to Taft's Walk Off Weed Ale. And thank you to everyone that's listening. For Josh on the ones and twos, for Zach on the opinions, I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack Sports.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>